Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available... On digital, Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hey folks, before we start the show, here's a quick recap of the big contest underway on our Patreon page. In case you're just joining us, the 1,000th subscriber at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow will get to host an entire show with me. You'll get the chance to rant about Trump or whatever's on your mind to tens of thousands of listeners. Again, that subscriber number 1,000 will get to co-host this podcast for one exciting episode. So when you get a chance, make sure to stop by our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash Bob Show and sign up for at least $1 a month. If you want to sign up for more, fine with me. Uh, you'll hardly miss it and you'll be supporting the show in the best way possible. Don't forget to tell all your friends too. Again, that's bobseskashow.com or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Thank you in advance and now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. President Obama speaking from the East Room of the White House, telling the nation and the world President Obama is in fact dead. It was a U.S.-led strategic, I'm sorry, Osama bin Laden is dead. Confusing. Osama's name with Obama? It's kind of easy to do. Obama, sorry, Osama is dead. Obama is dead. Details that have never before been heard about how Obama was killed. Started when Obama took office. He directed the head of the CIA to make killing Obama their number one priority. They got a possible lead on where Obama might be hiding. After decades of searching and a worldwide manhunt, federal agents discovered Obama's secret location. American operatives had learned Obama uh, uh, that uh, bin Laden was hiding out. Obama was, excuse me, Osama was hiding out. The intelligence said Obama was hiding in a compound deep inside Pakistan. Oh my God. Did I say Obama or Osama? So emotional to find out that, in fact, Obama, uh, Osama bin Laden had been caught. Coming to the to Washington D.C. on the day that you know they take take Obama out. I mean, <laughs> Osama, <laughs> that's, right. that's a, Osama, Obama. Right. 
quite a weekend, wasn't it? Besides that, that wedding that went on on, on yes, Friday, on and then Friday, you, you did it all, all weekend. Mm -hmm. Obama uh, finally caught last night. Uh, Folks, we understand our sister station are saying that Obama was uh, sorry, Osama. I'm sorry, forgive me. Osama was buried at sea uh, at 2 a.m. That would be uh, seven in the morning uh, in the UK. That Obama was uh, Osama was buried at sea. Bob Seska. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hello. The Bob Seska Show. <laughs> and you wonder why Barack Obama didn't get any credit for hunting down that guy. It's because I kept mixing up his name, goddammit. Uh, from our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, September 10, 2019, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is the greatest soap in the universe. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 964 of the Trump crisis. Day 131 of the constitutional crisis. 419 days until the 2020 presidential election. Oh, and it's Tuesday, so let's bring him in. My friend Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. Hello. Hello, Bob. Hi, everybody. Hi. I, I, Bob, I'm sorry. I got to start with an apology. I'm so sorry. Okay. I had to, can I had to cancel our secret meeting. <laughs> I got a I got a job interview for national security advisor. Oh, I gotta, already! I, wow, they work fast. I can't make the secret meeting. Uh, I'm gonna try. I'm trying to make it up to you. I'll make. Here's what I'll do. Okay. Here's what we can do. You, you can drive from there in D.C. Uh -huh. down to Florida. Yeah. Uh, get gas up your car here. Yeah. Pay to stay at my place, <laughs> and then we'll charge it to the taxpayer. <laughs> you, Perfect. You can, you can do that now. I didn't know. I heard. Uh, I heard thing. The outline for today's show is written in Sharpie, and <laughs> if you if you contradict us, you will be fired by Wilbur Ross. <laughs> <laughs> that asshole. What an asshole. Yeah, yeah he's in trouble. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Speaking of which, uh, Sarah Palin and her husband Todd have broken up. Yeah, uh, too bad. So A big darn deal. Now, from her house in Alaska, she can see divorce court. <laughs> So, such a shame. I'm so sad. I see, you know, I see all the news stories, Bob. Uh, I uh, I saw that I saw the pilots at British Airways have gone on strike. Uh -huh. uh, the airline airline says during the strike, nearly 100 percent of its flights are canceled. <laughs> so apparently, the rest of the flights are being piloted by Nigel from accounting. <laughs> that guy doesn't know what the hell's he doing. He barely knows no. how to fix the Xerox machine. Hey, and, and here we are. Here we are. It's <laughs> September already. Uh, uh -huh. September. I love this time of year. Yep. Everywhere you go, there's this scent in the air. It's it's a combination of uh, pumpkin spice and impeachment. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. My favorite time of year. Mine too. You know, it's a good thing to savor. When this time of year rolls around, the yes. impeachment in the air. I love it. <laughs> That's right. I love the smell of impeachment in the morning. Exactly right. Okay. Uh, lots to talk about today. Oh Thank you God, so yes. much, my friend. Um, John Bolton has resigned. Um, yes. It seems like Trump was trying to make it seem as if Bolton was fired uh, last night. But Bolton says, no, 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 no. Um, Bolton's story is this, that Bolton last night... Uh, went to the president and said, uh, I want to resign. And the president said, well, let me right. think about it and we'll talk again in the morning. 
And then Trump is saying that Bolton resigned last night and he accepted the resignation last right. night. So, I mean, who do you believe? I mean, it's a competition exactly. between Buzz. The two loopiest guys in Washington, D.C. are now calling each other liars. Yeah, well, we live in an age where you have to ask yourself, uh, and I think one of the late night comics pointed this out, whether to believe uh, Trump or the Taliban. Right. Because it's possible <laughs> that, that, that the Taliban has it right and Trump has it wrong oh, in this in this in this age that we live in, and so if that's the case with the Taliban, it certainly is with John Bolton. Yeah. I, I, a couple of uh, interesting things about this. First of all, I, I, it isn't really important, is it, whether he uh, fire got fired or, or resigned? Right. Uh, he's the third to go, uh, so we're we're waiting for number four now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, but but the it, that doesn't make it any less interesting. Uh, like I said, it doesn't matter how or why he went or how he went, but why is very interesting. There was a power struggle underway between mm-hmm. him and Mike Pompeo, and it became very clear who the winner was. I mean, it, it looked like Bolton had it. It was an exciting match to watch because it looked like Bolton had it with uh, Trump's decision to cancel the uh, Camp David sleepover with the Taliban. Right, not a smart when, thing. Yeah, Bolton was against that. Bolton mm-hmm. was against a lot of kooky stuff that Trump wanted to do, like meet with Kim Jong-un and all of that. Uh, so uh, there was this struggle. Pompeo is a go-along, get-along guy, which is yeah. why he has survived, and Bolton has not. Bolton spoke his mind, and Trump didn't doesn't like that. So there was a great deal of tension there. You knew the match was over when, uh, what are they, I, I have to look up the term uh, for this, but when uh, when it was Pompeo who was the one who appeared on all five of the Sunday morning news talk shows, yeah. instead of Bolton, it was clear who had won that power struggle because it was in the hours and a couple of days that followed that that uh, this disagreement between Trump and Bolton uh, boiled over and and Bolton was out whether he resigned or was fired you know our tendency these days is whatever Trump didn't say is the truth <laughs> that's and right so yeah you know but but it's hard to say and and really it doesn't matter uh, what matters is this was the power struggle uh, Bolton, there were some things that you and I are, are against that Bolton was against, and now he's gone. Yeah. It's always a mixed blessing with this administration when somebody goes, because on one hand, uh, you know, Bolton uh, was considered a warmonger. In fact, that was another thing. Uh, Trump used to tease Bolton about that all the time. Hey, a warmonger over there, who you want to bomb today? <laughs> you know, I mean, there was a lot Jesus of this. Christ. There was a, a lot of this bullying from Trump yeah. on, on Bolton all the time. So uh, this this uh, little man with the mustache, with the gray mustache, who looks like a Disney scientist, uh, <laughs> is is out now. <laughs> That's the, one of the funniest descriptions of John Bolton, and I've never heard that one before. That's perfect. God damn it. You, can, you, can, can you picture that scientist in, you, in, <laughs> yes. your, in your mind? Absolutely. <laughs> Our Mr. Sun. I mean, again, it raises the question, why is Donald Trump hiring someone who he completely disagrees with on just about everything? And why is John Bolton taking a job knowing that Donald Trump has this America first isolationist foreign policy and has no interest whatsoever in a a neocon foreign policy, which is what John Bolton represents? And so why do you bring him in? I guess it's eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Donald Trump takes a a dartboard and throws it. I mean, what is the uh, qualification here? 
um, because he's had a series. I mean, I guess uh, you have to go back to Mike Flynn to find someone who Donald Trump actually agreed with on foreign policy and national security. And then you've got H.R. McMaster in there for a while who uh, Donald Trump completely disagreed with. I mean, McMaster was regarded for a period of time there as being one of the adults in the room, one of the quote unquote generals who would keep Trump in order. And then he lands on John Bolton, of all people, brings in John Bolton. And shocker that this would last. How, how long has it been? Maybe less than a year, hasn't it? I Yeah, def- definitely less than a year. Uh, and like I said, the third, we're ready for number four now. Yeah. And you know what it is, I think, is because nobody uh, loves Russia the way Flynn loved Russia. Right. Uh, it was, it, and, and, and that's the soulmate that Trump is looking for in a national yeah. security advisor. It would certainly appear from this week's news, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, here's how the back and forth went down over the last uh, 12 hours or so. Uh, Trump tweeted this morning, or just uh, maybe an hour or two before we started the show, I informed John Bolton last night that his services are no longer needed at the White House. And then Bolton tweeted separately, I offered to resign last night, and President said, let's talk about it tomorrow. So, again, as I said, who the hell do you believe in this situation? Um, Frank Luntz here tweeted, uh, I'm looking at this page on Media. Frank Luntz uh, apparently tweeted uh, saying, a source just texted John Roberts Fox. I guess that's uh, reporter John Roberts yes, from Fox News. yes. On air right now that John Bolton resigned at 11.30 a.m. this morning, then Trump tweeted at 11.58 a.m. that he fired him the night before. Right. So that's typical. Donald, yeah. Yeah. His, Donald Trump's ability to tell time is about as good as his ability to look at a map and find Alabama. That's Alabama. those two things are a couple of Donald Trump's glitches. Those are areas where the brain worms have been particularly active. Telling uh, time requires a level of truth. And again, he's just not capable. So too bad about uh, John Bolton. My concern always, Buzz, is this. As soon as someone crazy leaves, I'm Uh always concerned about someone crazier coming in. Um, For example, uh, Bruce Bartlett tweeted this earlier. He said, well, you know, Alan Keyes is available. No! (laughs) No! He said, no, no, no. No, because Alan Keyes may be, might be one of the people who's actually crazier than John Bolton. I know it's a, a difficult hurdle to clear uh, to be crazier than John Bolton, but I think Alan I'm, Keyes is right there. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. Satan is booked. Can we get you Hitler? <laughs> That's right. Well, meanwhile, to talk about people stepping down, uh, this guy is stepping down. Yes. Order! Order! Yeah, more chaos in the UK. I guess we should bring in this music again for our our Brexit music. Uh, the House of Commons Speaker John Burkow, who we had a lot of fun with on Thursday's show, yes, is stepping down. Uh, meanwhile, there's Sad. a uh, the No Deal Brexit has been blocked by Parliament. Right. So there will have to be a deal Brexit which means an agreement with the EU over things like immigration, EU residents who live in the UK, moving back and forth, uh, also uh, free trade and so on. That is the deal Brexit. It's a softer Brexit, right? And because Parliament has been adjourned until two weeks before the deadline, uh, British lawmakers will have two weeks to manage all of those things yes. that have not been managed until now. Yeah, yeah. So, meanwhile, uh, a national election has been blocked in right. a landslide opposition vote, so another loss for uh, crazy Bojo. Boris Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our Brexit update. 
Because that's about the extent of what I understand about what's going that's on. The, that is, yeah, same here. That is the width and breadth of our knowledge. Thank you for joining us. For oh, you, right. chaos. Yeah. Very rude for members. Order! Order! Exactly right. Okay. So, now that we've got that out of the way. Um, yeah, we do. Okay, so next thing up here, we're right in the midst of uh, people are voting in the North Carolina 9th uh, in this uh, special election that was uh, hurled into turmoil. Well, the reason this special election occurred is because of major election fraud that the culprits actually have confessed to, so they had to have a, a, a special election in that district. Now, it's important to emphasize the fact that, again, this is another thing where I, I wish, much like the Bolton story, much like uh, all of the polling that we're seeing, much like the RNC canceling four primaries, uh, four uh-huh. Republican primaries in, uh, I think it's uh, Nevada, uh, your home state of Kansas, Kansas, uh, right. uh, and, and two others. Uh, I forget the other, I maybe North Carolina or something like that. Um, and, and possibly Alabama. I'm not sure. Well, I'm just going to throw in Alabama anyway, because <laughs> you can never put forget a, Alabama. Put a Sharpie line around that. <laughs> That's right. Always Alabama. Right. So uh, among those things, those are all things that make Donald Trump look really weak. And it seems to me as if there needs to be more discussion over the inherent weakness of Donald Trump as an incumbent. I don't think this is getting enough coverage, quite frankly. And one of the best examples of Donald Trump's weakness is the fact that he had to go do a rally last night in the North Carolina 9th, um, despite the fact that the North Carolina 9th, in 2016, uh, the Republican member of Congress who won that election in 2016 uh, right. won by 16 points. So it's a Republican plus 16 district. So the Republicans right. should have no trouble normally winning an election like that. Meanwhile, Trump won by 11 points in that uh-huh. same district in 2016. So now he's got a campaign, though. He has to go there. He has to expend right. effort. He has to expend political capital. He has to tweet about it in support of- For his of, re-election effort, yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, for Dan Bishop's uh, well, uh, chances- in, yeah, in the, in, yeah, but you've just made it clear yeah. uh, Bishop's a shoe-in anyway. So he's there for himself, I think, don't you think? Well, I don't think Dan Bishop's a shoe-in. In fact, I think okay. the, the polls are are neck and neck. I think there's a very oh, okay. strong chance oh, that the Democrats are going to win, which, which again, emphasizes the uh, weakness of Donald Trump. Yes. Because the, in addition to all of that, Dan Bishop has really positioned himself as Trump cosplay. He's really the, the uh, like a Trump yeah. clone in that district. He's behaving like Trump. He was on stage last night at the rally talking about the fake news media and doing his best Trump impression. And uh, uh, not literally, he wasn't just yeah, like, hey, no, everybody, I, yeah. he wasn't doing the voice. <laughs> he, he, was, right. he was behaving in all but voice like Donald Trump. And again, there should be no reason why Donald Trump should even have to campaign there. It should be a no-brainer. The Republicans should easily win. But it's neck and neck, and there is a pretty strong chance that uh, Trump could win. Now, the only thing that uh, at all concerns me is the fact that the Trump campaign people are making a big deal out of this. They're letting it leak that they're concerned about the North Carolina 9th, which seems like... Uh, it's always a bit of an expectations game in those cases where they may be trying to put it out that they're worried. So in case they win, they've defied the odds. (laughs) So that's how they're, 
they're positioning well, themselves on that election. And I think Trump wants to be able to point back at this as see see what I did, see how I helped him get reelected, you know. So I yeah. but I don't know because we don't know how any of this is going to turn out. Well, he was doing the same thing. I want to say it was uh, during one of his chopper talks. Uh, perhaps it was yesterday where he was talking about how he had to go and campaign in Kentucky for a Republican candidate for Congress, right? Right. There's no reason why Donald Trump should ever have to go to a campaign in Kentucky. But he was well, talking about yeah. that as if that was a sign of strength, and it's not. It's an inherent sign of weakness on his part. He only speaks where he thinks he can get a good crowd. Yeah, he right, right. Where he thinks there are a lot of red hats. Honestly, yeah. I mean, he wants to go somewhere where he'll get a big crowd and be loved. Yeah, because it's not so much campaigning for whoever it is he's campaigning for. Right, no, uh, it's him. It's yeah, all about it's, him always. It's him, and he needs to bathe in that adulation yes, in order to keep his spirits up, you know, Feed otherwise. <laughs> that's right. Otherwise, he just disintegrates into a puddle of his own uh, self-loathing. Which is always fun to imagine. <laughs> and last night, you, I was you, just I was just sitting here picturing a puddle of self-loathing. <laughs> the last night, if you noticed him talking in North Carolina, uh, you could see the puddle forming because I haven't seen anyone <laughs> I haven't seen anyone sweat like that since Marion Barry. My God, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> sweating true. like now, Nixon. And he made and he made up some stuff about people were lined up outside that were soaking wet. And yeah, and yeah. The, the you know he got jumped on for this because it was like sunny and dry. I mm-hmm. but it, but I think the humidity. I think maybe they they might have been wet. I and maybe that's what he was thinking. I don't yeah, know. But yeah. he, he did make it sound like they were standing out in the rain right. to see him when indeed they weren't. Oh yeah, I think it was uh, the C-SPAN cameras uh, tilted around and showed uh-huh. the crowd. This may have been. I don't think this is necessarily where Trump does his usual uh, dog and pony show where he talks about how there are thousands and thousands of people outside waiting to get in. And Uh so at some point, I think after that, the C-SPAN cameras (laughs) dollied around and showed the floor crowd and the whole back half of the floor was empty. So there were just people mulling around back there, but there there was all there was so much more room for other people. If there were thousands of people clamoring to get into the building last night, uh, there was plenty of room. And so, yeah. of course, this is the uh, the usual Donald Trump lie about it would, <laughs> about his it wouldn't crowd surprise sizes. me. Wouldn't surprise me if they kept out those who didn't need to be kept out just to have the line. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Um, I wanted to get to this story because, again, I don't even know how to prioritize this crap, Buzz. I'm just doing the best I, I can trying to figure it's out a what's busy, the crazy week. Yeah. yeah, it really, really is. Because I, normally the biggest story of the year would be uh, the president of the United States diverting Air Force planes uh, from their normal flight path so they can land at Prestwick Airport in Scotland, which is an airport that is, as we all know, this airport is uh, struggling uh, financially to stay afloat. (laughs) And of course, Prestwick Airport is also very close to to Trump's Turnberry uh, Golf Resort, right? Which is also struggling, losing six million in the last two years. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And so suddenly we learn that the Air Force has been landing and doing stopovers. They're refueling stopovers. I don't know how many millions of dollars. I think it was $11 million spent on uh, uh, Just on fuel, on fuel at yeah. the airport. I don't know if there are airport fees that have to be paid or anything like that, you know, pay for services. Yeah. But uh, yeah, $11 million in fuel or $11 million spent at Prestwick Airport. And uh, although the, the troops got, or the troops, the, the airmen got bargain rates uh, at, at Trump's place, uh, 
their per diems uh, covered the rooms, which they got bargain rates on, but uh, they had no money left over <laughs> to order, say, food. And Trump, Trump tweets out that uh, the, the you know the Air Force airmen uh, they all have such great taste in hotels. Yeah, <laughs> he said yeah. excellent and, taste. Uh, the part that made me laugh out loud about this tweet, tweet is that he talked about uh, the airport, which he says he does not own yeah. and has nothing to do with, and uh, the resort that he does have something to do with. And then he ends it with, "None of this has anything to do with me." In all caps. And, and, all right. Well, everything about this is about you. About uh, him, yeah. But but it was important for him to uh, make that claim in all caps uh, so that uh, he the, the record would be cleared as far as he's concerned. Yeah, he said, uh, what did he say? I know nothing about an Air Force plane landing at an airport, which I do not own and have nothing to do with near Turnberry Resort, which I do own in Scotland. <laughs> and filling up with fuel with a crew staying overnight at Turnberry, they have very good taste. Nothing to do with as you said in all caps <laughs> and, what a maroon uh, yeah i mean again let's go back to one of the several parenthetical statements in this tweet uh let's go back to which i do not own and have nothing to do with the second half right. of that statement turns out to be entirely 100 wrong it is wrong he has a lot to do with the uh prestwick airport because uh scottish officials have revealed an agreement between prestwick airport uh-huh. And, and the goddamn Trump organization. Yes. Yeah. Signed it. Signed it in 2014 at Trump's urging and under his direct invo- directly involved uh, direction. Yes. yes. Yes, he has nothing to do with this airport that he signed an agreement with back in 2014. See, and because if that airport goes under, which it was on the verge of doing, yeah. uh, then the resort, which was already losing money, would just uh, would be the end of it. That would be the death of the thing. So Trump was all in on saving this airport to protect his investment uh, that he's still in debt on, on uh, that resort. And so, uh, yeah, he was helping the airport. He was helping the resort, uh, helping the airport that would save the resort and doing it at taxpayer expense uh, of having these airmen fly out of their ways, uh, miles out of their ways uh, between Alaska and Syria on supply flights uh, that had been made regularly. Other stops had always been made in Italy or Spain, yeah. uh, uh, Germany, uh, perhaps. But, uh, you know, on the rare occasion, perhaps in, in Britain, but n- never, never there, <laughs> never in Scotland, never at that airport. No, no. God, so ridiculous. I mean, Rachel made a good point, Rachel Maddow, the other night, saying, well, I mean, there are military bases all over Europe, all yeah. over the British Isles. You can go and land at any military base and only have to refuel with American fuel that you don't have to pay a premium for at, right. you, know, you know, a failing commuter airport. <laughs> Which is, right. again, it is, even if it wasn't a right next to a Trump property, even if there wasn't an agreement between Trump and the Prestwick Airport to drum up more business for that airport, therefore enabling... Trump Turnberry, the fact is that it's just a dumb, dumb thing to do. It is a stupid so, waste of money that should never have happened in the first. But I mean, and, and, well, it's yeah. more than that. It's it's Trump uh, using his presidency, his yep. power of his presidency, to profit from the American people, and uh, that is an impeachable offense. Yeah, I mean, my God, just the past what three days have revealed. Oh. How many new articles of impeachment uh, are in the pipeline right now? 
I wonder if he has like a little like it's like an advent calendar thing uh, <laughs> where he ticks off, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah, every day it seems like every day there's something uh, unconstitutional. That's right. And so on top of all of this, I mean, it, you you start doing the, the running through the list there's, of things. There's the, more. Yeah, there's there's a lot more. I mean, this right here obviously could be an impeachable yeah. offense. Then we sure. get down to, uh, for example, Wilbur Ross now threatening to fire. Uh, NOAA officials, NOAA officials for uh, contradicting Trump on his stupid goddamn Alabama gaffe. Once again, this is a major betrayal of the public trust. The fact that Donald yes. Trump has just not let go. Yeah, I just feel like he's digging digging himself in more deeply as this thing progresses. Yeah. And it's this is a show I want to watch. This is a show I want to see because... Uh, national weather. It's, so Wilbur Ross runs the Commerce Department, mm-hmm. which oversees the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, which oversees the National Weather Service. Well, uh, so Wilbur calls up uh, NOAA and says, you know, no criticism or contradiction of the president's weather forecast. Yeah, yeah. And uh, NOAA passes the word down to the National Weather Service. And the National Weather Service, the d- director of that, at a uh, weather gathering a conference in, ironically, Alabama, uh, stands up and, and, and he gets a standing ovation. He asks the folks from the Alabama National Weather Service office who contradicted the president in that early tweet, uh, ask them to stand up. They get a standing ovation. Today, the director of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, in direct defiance of his boss, Wilbur, uh, came out uh, and stood up for the scientists in that organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so what's fun about this, what makes this a good show, is the professionals, the career professionals, the scientists, the experts, they're not backing down. They're not taking this crap. And so get a good seat because this could be fun, and it's all because he couldn't take the criticism and, and he had to get out his little vandal sharpie and and, and vandalize that that weather map. Yeah, well, thank God the scientists are stepping up and saying yes. something at this point because what's happening here is obviously the politicization of yes. NOAA, NOAA. But um, I'm afraid what their excuse is going to be is, well, the left already politicized it, so what the hell, why not politicize it? And they're going to oh. say, the left politicized it by all of this climate crisis crap that NOAA mm-hmm. is also tasked with uh, studying and reporting back on. And I think in that sense, the Trumpers are probably going, well, this is normal to politicize, you know, NOAA yeah. and this organization, the National Weather Service, too. And and that is not normal. It is wrong and it is terrible because we're about to enter into, well, we're actually in it well, now, but it's going to get worse as time rolls on, this major climate-based catastrophe that right. we're going to have to be dealing with around the world, much less inside the United States. So to have a reliable service like this, a reliable agency passing along mm-hmm. climate-based science and, and weather reports and so on and keeping tabs on all of these things, we're going to need to rely on these guys 100% as we move through the climate crisis and hopefully are able to, at some point in the future, mitigate it. Uh, but this is a terrible time to be turning NOAA into a political football. And this is, again... Another fantastic illustration, fantastic in the worst way possible, of Donald Trump destroying institutions that we absolutely 100% require. And we have a lot of fun talking about... uh, Alabama! 
But at the same time, this is a deadly serious story on the other side of all of the uh, gaffes and ridiculous flailing loopy desperation from the president about something that he should have never said in the first place and continues to dig himself, as you said, (laughs) dig himself deeper in a big puddle of shit. Uh, So there's that. Uh, Add that to the list, right? It, yeah, uh, well, and it does illustrate uh, the lengths he will go to to uh, try to upend uh, institutions. I, I think that uh, I don't know that they'll bother to make up that excuse that it's okay to politicize because the left did it. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know that the, the ball will be carried that far. I, I think uh, this is going to be about. I think this will die soon. First of all, and and the other thing I think is that science will science is going to win this one. Yeah, and and I'll tell you why I think so. Uh, the next time you get a tornado warning in your area, uh, you're going to listen to the National Weather Service and you're going to trust the scientists and the meteorologists uh, that they're telling you the truth. Uh, and I think uh, regardless of what color hat you wear, you're not li- as likely uh, going forward to believe a shar- Sharpie line on a map. Uh, I. I, I don't think this God. is one they can win. I think this yeah. is one they, they hope will die. I think I, the, the president, after five or six days and uh, nearly a dozen tweets, I think he's finally letting this go, that he's just about run out of gas for fighting this. Uh, the great part is the meteorologists, the scientists, have not run out of gas, and uh, they agree with you on the importance of this. Uh, but uh, I'm not as worried about this as I am other in institutional attacks he's conducted because I, I, I think we can, I think we're safe on this one. I think science is, uh, has perhaps already won the day. Well, I think my greater concern is maybe not an across-the-board idea where everyone's going, oh, no, it's just a political organization. They're not really telling the truth here. They're just doing political spin. My concern is the 40% of the voting population that supports Donald Trump. They're going to move forward now thinking, well, I mean, Trump turned it into a political thing, so I guess it's now a political thing. We can't trust anything they, they say moving forward, especially if a Democrat is president. If a Democrat's president, they're going to be political about it too and so therefore we need to just disregard what noah yeah. says yeah. it's it's all in some maybe even a, from a minor damage to catastrophic damage it's somewhere in that spectrum of just ruining the integrity of noah this is donald trump once again i, I said it in pretty grotesque terms on I, Thursday, it, it, that donald trump likes to smear his taint he likes to scoot his butt on things and ruin them for oh, yeah. everyone else and this is just for sure. his own just because he needs to scratch an itch because he needs to do something to keep his name right. in the news or whatever mo- personal motivation yes. that he has yes and uh, yeah yeah and so i that's I, why I, I agree with you shit, this yeah. is this is a bad thing and yeah. we've talked about why it's actually an illegal thing yeah uh but uh I, you know i i find myself prior there are so many crimes so many things going on <laughs> as you pointed out i find myself prioritizing and while this absolutely must be recorded for history this yeah. thing we're talking about with the weather while it's an absolute must to, to make note of this right I, I it's it's lower on my list of Concerns. It's part of that overall bigger concern, of course, uh, about uh, damaging institutions in general. Like I said, I'm I feel assured that he's not going to win this one, and and in fact, will will probably let it go soon. Yeah, I, yeah. There, you know, the, the list the list is intense of the things that he's done uh, just in the past week. It's it's <laughs> it's appalling, right. and and most of them outrank this weather thing, which. Uh, while entertaining um, and uh, while representative of greater damage, 
uh, is in and of itself, I think, uh, fading and of lesser importance than some of the other things. Yeah, see, normally I would prioritize it around the same place on the list as as you right. are. My only concern, I think the, the only thing that pops it above that, uh, those uh, maybe other items on the list, is just this relationship with the climate crisis. Because Noah has a, uh, you know, a, a task, a mandate sure. to, to study that, to report to the American people about that. And so I feel like its authority has been undermined a little bit by Donald Trump. And I'm glad to see, though, that the scientists are perhaps uh, ameliorating some of those concerns. So we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll watch and see I, what happens there. And, and I also think the public is just now coming to associate uh, the National Weather Service with its parent agency, NOAA. Yeah. For a long time, uh, the climate information has come from NOAA mm-hmm. and, and to some degree from NASA. Yeah. And uh, the people who choose not to believe in climate change uh, use them as the enemy. They've they've been the enemy. Right. Uh, b- b- meanwhile, people live their lives day to day, getting their forecasts from the National Weather Service, mm-hmm. uh, which is part of NOAA. But they they kept on trusting that, yeah. and I think to this day they trust that. And as they see on the news these two things coming together, uh, their own local weather and the change in climate, as they see those topics merging on their television sets. Uh, I think I think they're going to go with science on it, and yeah. in, in fact, most have already been won over on climate change. Anyway, a majority, a, a solid majority of Americans believe in man-made climate change, and that something should be done about it. Well, the consolation is that uh, a majority of voters in this country, at least, are uh, yeah. are oh, normals. Yeah. They're normals. We're all normal. About that. About <laughs> that. God. You talked about yeah. About that. You talked about the forty percent uh, that support Trump. Yeah. Uh, no, thankfully, no. It's not forty percent, and we're now. Looking at a range, Bob, and I remember remember when we talked about him getting down to like the 33, 36%. That's how we know he's screwed at that point. <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. A recent poll, a recent poll had him at 27. Oh, wow. Uh, the highest poll I've seen lately for him was 38. So he's not even not even four in ten, and maybe nearly down to one in four. Uh, he, the range has slipped. His numbers have slipped, but so has that that range, that margin of error. I, if 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 that's the correct terminology. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes uh, sense. Has that that has lowered also. Uh, we are zooming in, Bob, on that thirty-three to thirty-six percent range that you and I must have talked about a year and a half ago. Oh yeah, sure. And obviously, yeah. from these numbers, based on these numbers, uh, it's actually confirming something that I've been uh, forecasting for some time now, which is that the forty percent number, as you said, is soft. There's about ten percent of those people that would easily abandon Donald Trump if they, uh, if they. I think uh, so. Yeah, I if think the, so. the wind blows think- the wrong way. I think he could still lose uh, about 10% if yep. uh, from from this lower number. I think now mm-hmm. that it's already lowered some, I think he could lose, I think he'd stand to lose another 10% depending on what come, uh, comes out in the impeachment hearings that uh, will be part of our new fall television series. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I can't wait. It's my favorite show of the fall. Uh, okay. Yeah. I guess. Oh, I'll, I'll, oh, one more thing. I'm sorry. Just one more thing. Sure. Because it, it has to do with this forty percent. I wanted okay. to get this in, uh, or, or now less than forty percent. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't listen to that so much anymore i don't yeah. that's why i don't care what their excuse is uh, for <laughs> for politicizing because i i i honestly think that uh, they're 
they're they're forming their own demise here. Yeah, uh, I think they're just walking into their own propellers. Is exactly what's happening. Ooh, they, I'm they, exhausted from that. We need a break. <laughs> yes, we do. We need to talk about Plexiderm here in a second. I got to yes. talk about this. Uh, this thing was uh, Trump and foreign spies and pulling yes. a spy out of Moscow. And then I have. A journalism question for you. I want to oh, get g- gauge your opinion on something that went down last night uh, right. related to this story. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. I'm glad we're talking about this. Okay, so we'll get to that in just a second. But first, picture your face in the mirror. Do you see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about picture crow's feet, Buzz, or those large under-eye bags? I'm not saying you have large oh. under-eye bags. I'm saying someone else might <laughs> have large under-eye bags. Uh-huh. Now imagine for a second that they're gone. I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery, just gone in literally minutes as you're standing there in your bathroom in front of the mirror. You can watch wow. it happen in real time. It is called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in just minutes. It's the edge you've been looking for. I love it. Kimberly Johnson loves it. In fact, when we got our first canister here of Plexiderm, we both tried it. We took the test. It actually actually worked i mean i'm not uh, making this up it was one of those things where i said okay yeah show me plexiderm i bet this really works uh-huh sure and we tried it and bingo of course it worked plexiderm can give you the confidence you need to look uh, to be yourself at work or out with your friends the best part is plexiderm goes on on clear so nobody will know that you're using it unless you tell them of course go to tryplexiderm.com and use my code sexy liberal that's two words sexy and liberal for 50, 50% off, plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning the code SEXYLIBERAL. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Try Plexiderm.com today and use code SEXYLIBERAL at checkout. That's TryPlexiderm.com. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. Seska Show. This is uh, the scenic route in Paper Town. This is uh, from their epic album. Link in the description below. Go to bobseska.com slash music if you want to submit your independent music to play on the show. And uh, what? We got an indie music countdown coming up at the end of the month. We just did one. I don't know why I'm promoting an, another one already, but <laughs> well, because and you know what? It's worth going back and listening again, even if you've already heard it. And if you haven't heard it, go listen to it because it's got really good music like this. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, uh, we've had one other song by the Scenic Route on the countdown. I think it was in our first or second month of uh, running independent music, airing independent music here on the show. My advice, listen to all of them. That's right. 100%. Okay, let's get back into things here. Uh, So Trump doesn't like using foreign spies. This is a story came out today from CNN. Uh, Trump is uh, skeptical. They're snitches. They're snitches, Bob. They're snitches. (laughs) That's right. You can't trust them. Again, this is another bullshit thing that he just suddenly comes up with. I just don't. I don't like foreign spies. You, don't don't get them anywhere near me. I don't want to hear anything they have to say. You don't, you don't know who they're working for. They're snitches, right? And this, of course, connects in with the story that uh, they, uh, the CIA had to pull out one of their best assets inside Moscow because right. they were afraid that Donald Trump was going to out that spot. Like 
Like, you wouldn't believe an asset. I mean, this guy yeah. was there for decades. He was a Russian. He worked his way up very quickly through the bureaucracy until mm -hmm. he got very close to Putin. He'd, like, take, like, spies. He would take pictures of, of, of documents and send them to the CIA. He's the guy who told the CIA in 2016, hey, the Russians are screwing with the election. Uh, this is how important this guy is. And suddenly... They felt he was in danger. Yeah. I mean, let's not focus too much on the spy, him or herself. Let's uh -huh. think about this in terms of Donald Trump being a threat to the national security apparatus of this country. The president well, of sure. the United States is a national security threat. He is in significant danger of either intentionally, because he's, of course, an agent of Russia, or unintentionally revealing national security secrets. And how do we know this? Well, because he's already done it. He's done it a bunch of yeah. times. He yeah. did it with uh, yeah. uh, Kislyak and, and uh, Lavrov in the Oval Office, for Oval God's Office. sake. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. In fact, I believe it was shortly after that or around that time that they, they pulled... Uh, uh, that they pulled this spy out. That's and actually, right. I'd like to say that spy is important because uh, the CIA is now deaf and blind inside the Kremlin <laughs> thanks to the removal of this spy. So, yeah, it affects national security, but uh, remember how Putin helped Trump get elected and all that? Well, mm -hmm. uh, you know, now we have no idea what's going on there. Our intelligence community has no idea what's going on there. And all because the intelligence community, it became very clear to them that Trump cannot be trusted with classified secrets. This from the guy who ran on Hillary Clinton can't be trusted with classified emails. Again, more damage. My God, the damage yeah. that he is doing uh, to national security, uh, right. to institutions up and down the executive branch. Uh, it, is, it is amazing to behold and staggering and, and upsetting all at the same time because you wonder, God, how long is it going to take for them to repair uh, the damage oh. from just pulling the spy out alone. How long is it going to take them to reestablish some form of communication from inside the Kremlin that they can rely on? What are, what are the chances they'll find another recruit? And how long yeah. will that take? And how long will the cultivation of that recruit take, just as it took years with mm -hmm. this individual? Yeah, it's, well, it's serious. And, and, and like you said, there's an overall fear. I mean, I think. In fact, we know from reporting that uh, there are some things intelligence just doesn't tell the president because they know he can't be trusted with that information. <laughs> I, and the most frustrating thing is the people who really need to hear this are not going to believe it. They're going to think that it's fake news. Right. That is the system right. Right. breaking down all around us. Now, there's a, a kind of a corollary to this story, and it was reported last night uh, for NBC News by Ken Delanian. Yes. And uh, who, who went on Rachel last night, and Rachel and, and Ken Delaney were talking about this story, and then uh, I went and checked it out because I was really concerned as to whether or not this story was newsworthy. And basically, Ken Delanian was able to track down the whereabouts of this spy that was pulled out of the Kremlin and relocated for his or her own safety. And now um, Ken Delanian reports that he was able to track down where that spy was living. I think right. he also has the identifying information that he withheld from the story. Yes. Yeah, um, he knows. And, and he withheld the specific location of where this guy lives. But he did report that the guy is living in the Washington, D.C. area. He narrowed it down enough to give Vladimir and, Putin... <laughs> Enough time to, to track down where that might be, right? And other, and other information that I don't uh, I don't think either one of us want to repeat here. Uh, I, I think 
there is a, I, I, let me give you just a little glimmer of good out of this. The okay. tiniest glimmer of good uh, that, that can possibly come out of this. I is think I know. If, yeah. if he was able to find this guy, then so could the Russians, so could anybody. Yeah. And uh, there is reason we should know that and be concerned about that so that action can be taken, could be taken to protect this guy. I hope it has been taken. I hope it's been taken in time. Uh, but but I, I think uh, you and I are on the same page about the rest of this. Uh, it was shocking uh, yeah. to hear this information revealed, even with uh, the man's name. Uh, Delanian said he had the guy's name. Uh, the, he knows where he lives. Uh, you know, I, I, we know it's a guy now. We didn't even know that until Delanian's report. Uh, you know, this is, is a dangerous business. I, I, I Now, if this guy gets assassinated, and it just seemed to me, and maybe you detected this, I'm pretty sure I could see Ken Delanian's erection. I think because he was <laughs> so too? excited... He was so excited. You could see, no, look at it. Go back and look at the video and the <laughs> grin on his face and his yeah. eyes are just sparkling because he's so excited that he got this scoop. And his point is well taken that if I could, if, uh, you know, stupid me could find him, uh, you would think that uh, the Russians could too. Yeah. Uh, I get the impression since he was approached by a couple of men in black suits that, uh, uh, you know, that, that this guy is being watched and to some degree yeah. protected. Uh, he, he was brought here kind of against his will. At first, he didn't want to come back to the United States for safety. He thought he was going to be okay. And then, you know, Trump showed up in the White House with Kislyak, in the Oval Office with Kislyak. And the guy said, I think I'm going to leave now. I think I'll take you up on that <laughs> offer now. And so reluctantly, he came to the U.S. And, and so, you know, Delaney has all this information. I think it was wrong to reveal it. I'm, I, I assume you and a lot of other people felt the same way. I absolutely feel the same way. And, in fact, I tweeted about it just as it was happening, just as it was uh, coming down last yeah. night. I said, how is this news? Where, I mean, doesn't this put the spy in significant danger? Now there is going back to what you're saying in, in terms of maybe the narrow you know sliver of daylight in all of this is that maybe it reveals the incompetence of the cia on some level like why would they put him so close to washington dc so close to cia headquarters for example i, I don't know if that was the point because it was never really um ex explicitly I, uh, revealed in the context of the story so i don't know i don't think kendall even said something along those lines last night that I, was an I've incompetence gotten, yeah well i don't know i've gotten the impression from him or somebody else that this was uh uh, this was temporary housing. This was a, basically mm. a stopover for where he's ultimately heading. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, it seems to me as if uh, Ken Delanian could have very easily gone to the CIA, whatever his contact is there, and right. said, hey, you know, look, I was able to track this guy down. You might want to do a better job of hiding him. Uh, that would have been, the, I think, the extent of his duty in that particular story instead of actually taking that information and then yeah. reporting it, too. I mean, He it, didn't it, have to. Yeah. yeah. He didn't have to run to the streets to with, with that story in fact uh were i a reporter who'd obtain that kind of information i think i'd be more inclined to save it and refer to it historically in a future yeah. story well it was one of those things where i was watching it happen on television I, that's the first i heard about it was on rachel as they're talking about it i'm going yeah and i mean what is the right. what is the hook here you found the guy right but I don't understand why you're reporting this. Usually with these kinds of stories, you go, oh, it's because there maybe 
you know, I thought maybe he was going to reveal, well, if the Russians come after him, they're going to hit him with some toxin that could endanger the people who live in the neighborhood around the spy or well, something. That could happen, right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was trying to think of a, a reason for why this was being reported, and Ken Delanian never actually clarified that. I don't believe until... This morning when he was on Morning Joe, I think what you just said as far as, well, if he could find them, then it would make it, then it's, it stands to reason that Russia would be able to find them very easily too. Right. That, I think that point was made on Morning Joe this morning too. Um, and in that case, oh, mm, I guess if I was the editor, I would oh, say no. I, I don't justify. Yeah. If I were the reporter, like I said, I would have just kept that in my back pocket for future reporting yeah. when, uh, it was clear, uh, or I was able to get confirmation that this guy is no longer in any danger. Mm. I, I hope that uh, between uh, the breaking of Delanian's story and our conversation today, that, uh, this individual is getting new and better protection. It just, it just seemed like one of those things that could undermine the press itself by just right. revealing something that's extraneous and actually endangering the person that it's about. So, uh, yeah, so that was my uh, deep, deep concern about that particular story. But, I mean, this, uh, again, links back to um, an ongoing crisis between Donald Trump and Russia, and now there's this additional layer with Ukraine that right. I've been talking about since uh, May. I think New York Times had a piece out in May where they were talking about how uh, the Trump campaign is going to try to make a big deal out of the fact that uh, that Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, sat on the board of this Ukrainian gas company that was being investigated. And then Joe Biden went over there uh, to try to squelch that investigation and threatened uh -huh. to withhold billions in uh, loan money, which turned out to be not entirely accurate as far as the motivation goes, because the, the investigation itself had been shut down, at least put on the back burner by the time Joe Biden went to Ukraine to speak and, with the, the prime minister there. And ultimately, he and his son Hunter were cleared. Yes, absolute 100%. So this is something that uh, has then grown into an attempt by Donald Trump and especially Rudy Giuliani to collude with Ukraine in plain sight, to offer them concessions, to offer them, or maybe even to uh, go so far as to extort money from them. Yes, now, ding, ding, ding. Uh, the president of Ukraine doesn't like Donald Trump. No. And uh, will not, does not support Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, does not trust Donald Trump and will not do the thing that uh, Trump is uh, trying to uh, blackmail him into doing. Trump is uh, saying, well, you know, you may or may not get this $250 million that we promised we'd give you to defend yourself against Russia. Uh, it all depends on whether you will uh, somehow hurt Joe Biden, maybe launch this investigation yep. in, in, into the into the, the company, the gas natural gas company, and uh, Hunter Biden's association with it. Uh, and so, yes, this time uh, Trump is accepting not only foreign help, he's extorting for it. Yeah. He's extorting foreign help. This is just beyond mad. This is just beyond mad. And the, 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 see... To me, this is more important than weather, <laughs> you know, than, than, than the weather thing. No, I mean, I, I listen, I respect what you're saying. You, I'm, I'm crazy uh, for uh, arguing for the environment. I'm absolutely, I'm all in on that. Uh, but, and, and, and I, as well as the institutions of government. So mm -hmm. I don't disagree with you on those things, but, but, but th this, this stuff, this, because this is, uh, look, and I'll cover this on my news in more detail uh, this week, but there, Obama did four things. 
yeah. uh, to punish uh, Russia for invading Ukraine. Uh, hit them with sanctions, uh, uh, pushed them out of the G8, making it the G7. Uh, gave aid to Ukraine, this two hundred fifty million, or you know, aid, military aid to Ukraine to fight off Russia and uh, the European Deterrence Initiative. Uh, they did that uh, to provide other countries that were vulnerable to Russia, yeah, uh, money for their defense against Russian aggression. Because who knew where Putin was going to go next? Mm-hmm. Well, Trump has now effectively damaged, ladies and gentlemen. Now this is important. He's damaged all four of the things that Obama had the U.S. doing to punish Russia for its taking of Ukraine. Yep. Uh, he's reduced the sanctions. He's uh, trying to get Russia back in the G7. Uh, he's uh, damaged the European deterrence initiative, and he's uh, threatening and possibly has already canceled the aid to Ukraine. Done, 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 and done. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, Mr. Putin. Yeah, that's right. And, and the other thing that uh, deeply uh, concerns me about this is... Um, <sighs> And I'm talking specifically about, uh, for example, this $770 million being diverted from the European Deterrence Initiative uh, by right, Donald right, Trump in order right. to, again, help Vladimir Putin. And whenever I hear a story like that or the spy story or something like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. Um, I think, why was this not in the Mueller report? Um, I, I begin to question again well, the thoroughness of Robert Mueller's sure, investigation. Fair. Yeah, I, I think Mueller himself would tell you it was not in his aim ever to be thorough. He, he felt he had a very narrow assignment and he stuck to it. It really is up to Congress to have investigated this yeah. other stuff. In normal times, the, the Justice Department and you know other government agencies would adjust. Now we're down to just Congress. Uh, but it is absolutely their authority to investigate this. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, they, they do have a few investigations they need to conduct. So... Uh, they have a lot. Uh, they have a lot on their plates. And yeah, that's why I'm so relieved that uh, we're they're taking that first impeachment vote this week. Well, to answer my own concern, actually, <laughs> I think uh, this is all part of the counterintelligence investigation. I, I think um, maybe my uh, my looping Mueller into sure. this was a little bit hasty. I think this is more connected with the the fact that Donald Trump might actually be compromised and therefore operating in support of Vladimir Putin, and that would all. I believe fall under the purview of the counterintelligence investigation, which has gone dark. I don't know. We haven't heard anything about that. I don't even think uh, Adam Schiff has made a statement. I don't think he's been on Rachel to talk about the counterintelligence investigation. So I have no idea where that whole thing uh, is right now in terms of status. And hopefully we'll find out soon. But we do know, speaking of Adam Schiff, this is also some pretty good news because uh, Adam Schiff and, of course, uh, uh, foreign affairs and oversight committees are going to be investigating this Ukraine collusion. Um, yes. Yeah, and that this is uh, obviously great news. Um, three different congressional uh, investigations are going to be happening yes. as far as this yes. Ukraine yeah. thing goes. And this is true. You're going to see a lot of, uh, this is all part of the impeachment process, and you're going to see a lot of uh, intercommittee uh, investigations. Yeah. Uh, I think what you're going to see going forward now, and this will be more fun, uh, the subcommittees. Uh, subcommittees uh, are uh, move much more efficiently. They're not as weighted down yeah. as the committees they serve. And uh, the, the subcommittees will be assigned uh, because, you know, look at this. They, look, the room is a mess. There are toys and Legos everywhere uh, from Donald Trump. And uh, you need a lot of people to, to handle this, this chaos. And, and so all of these committees and subcommittees will be very important because there are so there's so many things to pick up. And on top of everything else, as if 
any of those things weren't enough. We have now, uh, obviously, devastation in the Bahamas from Hurricane Dorian. And, uh, I mean, something that Donald Trump, I think, now has a chip on his shoulder about. I think he actually thinks of this, in, unless the hurricane hits a place that he act, he kind of finds electoral votes in. A.K.A. white people. Right, right. As soon as there are white people involved, then he gets really excited and interested. Uh, right. But because there are lots of brown people in the Bahamas, it doesn't there really matter to him as much. And and those brown people aren't living in Alabama either, so he doesn't. Uh, yeah, no, very care. bad, very bad people in the Bahamas. I saw a great. I'm going to steal from a tweet here. Uh, someone had had written, and, and I thought this was uh, r- rather brilliant. It's that old gambit again where you pick a country that's going to be hit by a hurricane like the Bahamas and you go there, you're a terrorist, and you go, so you go to this island where there's going to be a hurricane so that you can sneak your way into the U.S. (laughs) as part of the relief effort. And so we have Trump on the White House driveway saying, very bad people, very bad. There are people who shouldn't even be in the Bahamas, and we don't want them coming here. Very bad people, gang members, very bad people. They're, They're brown people, and no... Dumbass uh, uh, terrorists do not go to the Bahamas before a hurricane so no. they get rescued to the U.S. Uh, my God, there's right. just no end to this man's stupidity. So uh, this is a combination of a couple of things. I mean, remember, Buzz, we were talking about this with regard to Roger Ailes, this immense level of persecution and paranoia yeah um that these guys have and donald trump is the same way again the loudest voice is very allegorical uh about donald trump not just roger ailes it's really kind of a parallel track to donald trump there's a lot of similarities yeah and this degree of paranoia to think that refugees from an island that's been devastated the the photo the photographs the aerial video of the bahamas just with flattened communities and right. uh, uh, refuse and and uh, destruction lining and, the shoreline. And Trump says we don't need them here because there, he says there are places on the Bahamas that weren't hit. They can go there. Y- yes, that's what we're, we're taking them to the places that weren't hit. Well, you're just dropping them off and leaving them there. That's right. hel- helpful. Uh, you know, but he, he looks at a, a tragedy like that and thinks of it in terms of, well, who's the enemy? Who's going to try to get me? And, and what happens is what he's really thinking about are uh, Bahamanians who are going to come to the United States uh, and stay here and register to vote and then vote against him. That's what he's concerned about. He's concerned about losing votes in Florida. That's yeah, his entire and, concern. And 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 uh, along with a, other, a lot of other Republicans working to yeah. try to prevent the expected demographic shift of 2045 mm-hmm. when white becomes a minority. Yeah. And so, or, you know, it's either something that he has concocted out of his immense paranoia, or it's something that he has heard on Fox News Channel. Someone has gone to him or someone has communicated to him through Fox and said, uh, yeah, they're going to be terrorists with all of those refugees. You better not let them in unless they have a a visa. Always. That's how they get in. It's the oldest trick in the book, Bob. Yeah. It's the oldest trick in the book. Well, I mean, if you're going to play the paranoia out, what about next time when the terrorists will get visas for themselves? And just be able to to come in with a visa. I mean, it seems as if that's your qualification. All you're doing is telling uh, these fictitious terrorists, well, uh, next time go get a visa and then you can make your way into Florida. If you only had a visa, you could come do whatever you want. (laughs) Right. It is... uh, 
It is tragic. It is horrible. It is destructive. And, uh, you know, as I said on uh, John Fugelsang's show on uh, Monday, after Donald Trump leaves office, whether that is 2021 or as he was hinting at the other day, 2026, something like that. After he leaves office, it is going to be a second reconstruction in this country. We have so yeah. much work to do as far as rebuilding the country, uh, not only in terms of uh, political offices starting from the ground up, like Carl Frisch is doing in Fairfax County with the school board there, or um, in terms of realigning our standards in terms of who we consider to be presidential. And these are all things that need to happen. Plus, on top of all of that, possible laws that need to pass, sort of like uh, after oh, yeah. Watergate, uh, another round of those. All, I think those, in the all those all those, executive orders. I mean, is somebody keeping notes? I hope somebody's keeping notes. Yeah. I, I mean, there's going to there's gonna be <laughs> oh, an wait, entire... I do. <laughs> there's going to be an entire list of executive orders yeah. that... Uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden or Bernie yes. Sanders or one of them is going to have to spend, you know, a good uh, couple of weeks after inauguration just doing nothing but signing we're, reversals of all of that. We're going to we're going to need a bigger shredder. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of the election, uh, we're going to talk about Brad Parscale coming up on the postmortem show. Also, uh, how much money Donald Trump has raked in from his property since being inaugurated. Uh, maybe even a disturbing new Emerson poll that I want to talk about for a second. And a whole lot more that's at our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com, patreon.com slash bobseskashow. If you sign up for $5 a month, you get the postmortem show. You sign up for $10 a month, you get the postmortem show. And the after party on Fridays, it's a bonus show that we do every week, me and Kimberly Johnson. Uh, and if you sign up for $15 a month, you get all that stuff, plus a commercial-free commercial free ultimate edition of this show, of the Tuesday and Thursday shows. Uh, plus, of course, our interview show, the Any Music Countdown, and all the rest of it on our Patreon page. Meanwhile, coming up on Thursday, it is the best hour of news that you're going to get all week. It is Buzz Burbank News and Comment at buzzburbank.com, also realmnetwork.com. Put that in your schedule. Make that part of your weekly podcast listening schedule, and you will Thank never you. regret it. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. All right, we, we won't have you next week, will we? No, no, I'm I'm going to visit my dad for his 91st birthday. Oh, uh, happy birthday to uh, Bu- Buzz Burbank Sr. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, my friend. <laughs> See you on the Postmortem Show. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Jody Hamilton, host of the podcast From the Bunker. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll love my show, where every week Sean Barton, David Shockett, and I discuss politics, sports, pop culture, that show on HBO that I don't watch. Find it at sexyliberal.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere else you get your podcasts.